I once knew this trucker. Okay. It sounds like a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Pig and a dog walked into a bar. No, no, no seriously. I, I knew a trucker. Okay. I knew one too. No, I mean, I, I knew this guy kind of, right? And okay. he uh, was one of those guys that messed with people all the time. Oh, the fun ones. You know, I... An aggravator, an inst- I'm sorry, an, an instigator. Not what they call them, instigators. Um, eh, sometimes. I mean, it depends on what he was doing. If it was instigating or aggravating or just having fun. And you know when I say I knew this trucker, it almost sounds like, you know how people go, I'm just asking for a friend. But, <laughs> right, but it's, it's really not me. Um, but this trucker was at a truck stop one time. And he was messing with everybody on the CB, right? And um, he, uh, you know, kind of picking fights with these guys. You that's know, an instigator. That's an instigator, right? Yep. Exactly. You know, messing with them, you know, when they're talking and just doing all kind of stuff. So anyway, so finally somebody, he baited somebody in and and uh, the, the other trucker, this other trucker, I guess that was at the truck stop, they kind of got into a little argument on the CB and they're going back and forth. And, um, finally the trucker that he picked a fight with was like, so yeah, you know, put up or shut up, man. Where are you at? And what did he do? <laughs> he says, Oh, I'm in, I'm in this Warner truck over here. And he, you know, now, you know, he wasn't in the Warner truck. Of course not. But so, like, there's, like, one Warner truck at this truck stop. And next thing you know, there's this, like, giant of a cowboy trucker walking across the parking lot towards the Warner truck. <laughs> I'm serious. This is serious stuff. And um, apparently, I guess you could tell the Warner driver didn't know even... Probably didn't have his CB on. Knowing a Warner driver, he probably didn't own one. Um, and I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of Warner drivers own CBs. Anyway, so you could see the Warner driver leaning out the truck, shaking his hand, head back and forth, and the and the the cowboy trucker looks like he's almost eye level with this guy <laughs> in the truck, and he's he's pointing his finger at him, you know, and the Warner. You could just tell the Warner driver's like. It wasn't me, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> um, but anyways, I was just thinking to myself, you know, that crap goes on. And it may be one of the reasons, you know, it's one of the reasons people cite that they don't want that like CBs, you know, because of the ca- the foul language and the cussing and everything like that. Right. And so, and then, of course, something like this happens, which this could have ended in like a million different bad ways. Oh, yeah, it could. You know, the Warner driver could have, you know, had a gun, you know, or some kind of weapon on him. The the Paul Bunyan trucker could have, you know, yanked him out of the truck and beat the hell out of him. Um, people could have went to jail. People could have got hurt or killed. All because, you know, somebody's messing with you on the CB. So I'm here to tell you that not everything you hear on the CB or see on Facebook, I had to add that in, mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. Not everything is true. No. You know, make sure before, before if, if you get challenged, before you beat the hell out of somebody at a truck stop, make sure it's the right guy. I actually, I I can understand when the, when, when people say that they don't like the, the instigating or the fighting because I'm one of those that don't like it. I don't like, I mean, I can deal with some friendly messing around. You know, Eddie and I do it all the time at church or some of the other um, people that we know. You know, we can mess around, but to a point where you're actually getting someone so, you know, worked up, that takes it beyond being like funny and messing around. That's being, to me, a bully. Yeah, I mean, when you're, especially if you're calling names and cussing and everything, not everybody wants to hear that kind of language. Not everybody wants to, you know, in fact, most people would rather keep it clean, you know, and then there's people on there, you know, on the CB looking for hookers and 
all kind of stupid stuff, you know, you hear on there. And, and, and like I said, I'll tell you, and the disrespecting of women, right? you know, when you were with me on the road, you know, uh, if, if you talked, there was always some a-hole, especially in the city areas, you know, where the CBs were more prevalent, um, you know, disrespecting. So yeah, guys and gals, keep it clean out there. Maybe the CB will make a comeback. I think Ruthann that it needs to. Uh, a lot of people have written into the show and said, "Hey, I got a CB because I kept hearing you guys pushing for it." You know, we've we've had people write in and say, "Well, you don't need a CB if you know what you're doing and you're careful." But you know what? There's always those couple times where you're gonna wish you had a CB, especially coming down a mountain of sn- you know with snow in blind snow in bad weather when traffic backs you up there's going to be times where you really wish you had a cb there's no app there's a thing called a whiteout that happens really fast that you can be paying attention as much as you want and you come up on it really quick that is very true so we're hoping that people make the uh you know make the cb make a comeback i've had guys also write in ruth and say listen i don't like the cb i don't want to carry one but i do carry one i have it turned down very you know i have the squalls turned back to where Unless there's an emergency, I can hear it. And then in the winter time is when I turn it up even more because of the dangerous roads. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, if at for at least that drivers, I would tell you, pick up a CB today if you don't have one, and keep it clean out there, and don't get into fights with people because honestly, you never even know if the guy you get into a fight with is even the guy. That was instigating the fight. I mean, it's just stupid. You're kind of on the blind when you're talking on the CB. You are. And, and you know, what kind of coward picks a fight with someone that they can't see, first of all? I mean, there's just, I mean, what, what enjoyment do you get? How, I, I guess, what, what, what thrill do you get getting someone else upset? What does that make you? A narcissist. So knock it off. You're not, you're, you truckers are better than that. Don't do it. Well. <laughs> My friend, first off, is the guy. And second off, you know, honestly, people love, you know how people are, Ruth Ann. They love to create chaos. They love to read about chaos. When they go to the movies, they like to pick movies that have murder and chaos and scary stuff. People just, for some reason, you know, have uh, a, uh, a craving for trouble sometimes. Not everybody does. And, and not every trucker out there is causing trouble on the CB. All I'm saying is, be careful out there, drivers. Get a CB, use it right, and and arm yourself with as many trucker tools as you can, Ruthann. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Hey, Ruthann, um, you know, we usually have the commercials playing live, uh, or not live, but pre-recorded. But why don't we just mention a few of our sponsors real quick um, and uh, do the commercials real quick right here. Um, first off, National Carriers. National Carriers or NCI? Yes, NCI. Their phone number is 888-311-7076. Was talking to the director the other day, Ruthann. They've got regional just about everywhere in the country. They've got over the road. They've got uh, trainers now for some students and uh, some leasing. Give them a call at 888-311-7076. And they don't do broker loads hardly at all. No, they own their freight. Right. Um, Carter Lumber is up next, Ruthann. Carter Lumber has over 160 locations in the United States. Chances are there's a terminal near you drivers. And winter's coming. And I know a lot of drivers like to get local jobs for the winter, Ruthann. And so if you're looking to be home every day, Carter Lumber uh, dot com forward slash talk CDL. That's how you can find them. It's www.carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Tell them that talk CDL sent you over there for a local home everyday job. And you don't even have to have a CDL. They actually have non CDL jobs and class B jobs. So drivers give them a call today and Ruth and truck parking dot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Truck parking club. .com is our next sponsor. Yes. And you know what? What's the uh, the owner's name? Evan. Evan is like really taking the country by storm. And like, you know, I was on their, their page not long ago and you can click on any town and find a parking space. If you're, if you're without parking, you can now go ahead and join this truck parking club.com and put your name in there. And they'll even take a phone call, Ruthann, if you can't click on a place or you're not sure how to do it, but I think you just click on it. It tells you how many spots are available. It might be in a, you know, just somebody that owns 
a, a piece of land that fits 10 trucks and it's all macadamed and it's all ready for truckers to park. So check them out today at truckparkingclub.com. And last but not least, Ruth Ann, who do we have? DriveWise. And that's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And they are number one in companies and solo drivers. It's app-based being with the ability to bypass the trucking way scales, Ruth mm-hmm. Ann. So if you're a driver, a lot of owner-operators I've met over the years, Ruth Ann, or even company drivers, um, they have other things beside the um, scale-avoiding program in their um What's app. in their app, mm-hmm. you know, they have like a lot of safety features now mm-hmm. that gives you warnings up ahead and and all kind of reports and, and weather reports. Check them out at drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E dot com and tell them Talk CDL sent you over. Moving on. Moving on. Did I take too long? No, no. I thought it was actually wonderful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That was really nice of you to compliment me. That's a breath of fresh air. I told you I'm in a really great mood. You are in a good mood today, mm-hmm. Ruth, and I'm so glad. So, so you know, before we get started, you know, I wanted to talk to, to drivers today about a couple things, and one of them is going to be, you know, a, kind of, it's not a list, but, and I'm going to get a list, but I have like a list of good shippers, and these are rated by drivers, and bad shippers, shippers and receivers, you know, rated by drivers. Um, good and bad. And then uh, I also have a a mystery. Do, do, do. I do. I'm going to tell you something. It's a trucker mystery. And I want these sleuth truckers. And by the way, the word sleuth, you know what that means, right? Detective. So I want I want truckers to put on their detective hat. And, and let me, Ruth, and you know a lot of crimes get solved online by what they call online sleuths. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, because like cops and I'm not saying FBI and all these people miss stuff, but they do. They miss stuff. And a lot of these online sleuth guys and gals have actually helped solve crimes over the last couple of years. And it's amazing. So we want to kind of put that out there for our trucking audience. Do you want me to just go ahead and, and, and read this sleuth thing real quick? Do you want to do that? Or do you want to give us your state today that you have? It doesn't matter if you want to start we can go back and forth. It doesn't matter. All right, we can do that. You're in such a good mood, I'm going to let you decide. We're going to go back and forth. When you're in a bad mood, you're not allowed to decide. Uh-huh. 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 So go ahead. What do you got? You got, you've got the state of Indiana today, correct? I do. Indiana. I have right now, starting with Center Point, Indiana. Center Point. In, mm-hmm. You know, I was based in Indiana at one time. Richmond, mm-hmm. where the, one of the casket capitals Right. Are. And so I'm interested to hear, you know, some of the places in Indiana that truckers can stop when they're laid over, Ruthann, and visit. Well, this is a fun thing. It's I'm going to f- tell you. Go ahead, let's hear it. It's called the Exotic Feline Rescue Center. Feline as in kitty cats? As in lions and tigers and leopards, oh my. Oh, wow. In Indiana? In Indiana. They also have servals, pumas, bobcats, lynx, and Ocelots. I know there's very few states that allow you to own big animals like that, exotic animals. Florida, of course, being one of them. But go ahead, let's hear about it. Well, they started in 1991, mm-hmm. and they had, at the time, 15 acres and three cats. Now they've got 20, oh wait, 108 acres and 200 cats. Wow. So I, I, when I was reading that, I'm like, oh my gosh, there is a lot. I didn't realize there was... So many exotic feline that they would need to be rescued like that. I, I just, I guess, you know, that's just my own um, ignorance to not think that there would be that many. But yeah, and they have, um, would they get a lot of their rescues from um, circuses or roadside zoos that were illegally obtained, that kind of stuff. So this is in um, Centerpoint, Indiana. And you can go in there and see all of the different animals you can do um, where they'll let you go really, I don't want to say up close and personal, but you could be really close to them, you know, like through the fence and stuff. Like there's, there's ways that you can get really close to them and, and actually have extra experiences with them. So, 
Wow. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Well, you know, um, remember the picture that we have of me Mm -hmm. and that driver that had that Siberian tiger Mm -hmm. in a cage on a flatbed? Actually, it was on a low boy. And he um, was escorted out of Colorado by the police because you're not even allowed to have one in the state of Colorado at the time when I got my picture taken. And then he had been escorted to New Mexico. And and when I backed in, I didn't even realize I actually backed in right beside him in the back of a a truck stop. I believe it was a TA. And there he was. And well, actually I was outside my truck looking at the amazing size of this animal on the back of a tractor trailer. Mm -hmm. And he actually got it out. He had it on a chain and he got it out and, and he, and he, took my picture for, I think I paid him $10. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, for $10, you know, I'll do, I do pictures. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that, that's really cool. But what was amazing though, when he got that thing out, it made me look like a, the size of a Barbie doll. And I was amazed. He got it to stand and get behind me. And when I say behind me, I mean like two feet. Mm-hmm. And he's there, now just stay looking forward and don't make any sudden moves. Right. And I'm like, when he said that, the minute he said, don't make any sudden moves, I thought, I'm on the food chain. <laughs> I and you were thinner then, so yeah. <laughs> and now, this is a trucker, man. I mean, honestly, you know what's funny is you have to ask yourself, okay, so this is a trucker. I guess, obviously, he's an owner-operator. He's got a big cat, no load, because the size of this cage, there's no way he was going to fit much of a load on his, his trailer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so... This dude must have had some money or something because there he is. And he didn't have a new truck either. It wasn't even a nice truck. But there he is with this whole setup. And and I was like, where are you going? And he wasn't sure where he was going to go because he couldn't go in certain states. And there he is with this big cat traveling around. And like I said, when he told me not to make any sudden moves, I realized this dude's probably not operating too legal himself because wow, that tiger could have just killed me. There was nothing he could have done about it. In fact, if it wanted to run away, he, it could have, he couldn't have stopped it. He would have had to shoot it. Right. How crazy. So no, I would not be, you know, you know, I would go to that place cause I'm sure they have it secured. Mm-hmm. So all you truckers, if you want to go to the big cat farm, what's it called? It was in Center Point, you said? Mm-hmm. It's called the Exotic Feline Rescue Center. Yeah, check that out, drivers, man. That's got to, Ruth, that's got to be cool just to see it. I think, uh, well, here it says that um, they have a mix of employees, volunteers, and interns that take care of the cats. Between 3,000 and 4,000 pounds of meat are fed to them every day, and their habitats can be as large as an acre and include towers and toys so the cats can play at a and their regular clean. So I mean, it's they take their job serious when it comes to that. The the nearby universities have also used their facility to help um, teach, I guess maybe like veterinarians and ever stuff like that. So they do have parking in a gravel lot that's about two hundred yards from the entrance, and um, it says that. They do daily tours and provide an up-close view of the beautiful animals. So you can actually have some fun. Hey, that honestly, truly sounds like the best place that you've come up with for truckers when they're laying over to check out. And I just pulled Centerpoint up. Centerpoint is located in the state of Indiana, literally just straight west of Terre Haute. Terre Haute, Terre Haute. I, I never even know how to pronounce that. Is it Terre Haute, Terre Haute? Terre Haute. But anyways, it's not far from Terre Haute, Indiana, um, to the west, if you guys are interested in visiting the big cat place. Ruthann, moving on. Moving on. What do you got? I have another place that's in Hillsboro, Indiana. Hillsboro, Indiana. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is it called? Myers Diner Theater. Oh, it's a theater? Yeah. I mean, it seems, what I'm reading, it seems really fun. Um, I say this because, you know, when you're out in the road, especially if you have a driver and his wife or just a driver that just likes to get out of the, the, the redundant of the constant same thing. If you're up in the Myers area, this might be something or Hillsborough area. I'm sorry. 
that this might be something that you would enjoy doing, having a little fun outside of that. But what's really interesting is it's got home cooked food. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you said Hillsboro, right? Yes. Hillsboro, Indiana. So I was looking at the location of Hillsboro and it's, it's west of Indianapolis. It's not far from uh, Danville, Illinois. So I'm going to guess it's about maybe 20 miles from the, uh, from the, the state line there on I-74. Drivers, check it out. And it's called again, Ruthann? Myers Dinner Theater. Myers Dinner Theater. So dinner and a movie. Yes. Awesome. What's you have any more stuff for the drivers? Um, I, I am. Uh, no, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Awesome. Well, very good. I like that. I like both places. Well, do you, do you put the, um, my link with all the stuff that I have? Do you put it on the site? I sure will. Yeah. Do that, and they can actually go and see it, too. So um, I just like the fact that, you know, most drivers, you know, are hitting truck stops and stuff, and some of these places, you know, might be, you know, convenient. Because, like, I was looking up, like, as a driver, right, you're driving west, and you're just, you probably zip by Hillsboro without even a blink because you're on the interstate. And so when you when you look at it... Um, Vetersburg with a V as in Victor and Waynestown. It's right between the two. So if you guys know where that's at, and it's it's a uh, maybe maybe thirty miles or no maybe twenty miles west of Crawfordville, um, Indiana. So don't blink your eyes, driver. You might have to type in the address and look for it. But homemade food that's nice versus the fast food. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on, Ruthann. So uh, let's talk about this sleuth. You know, this. You know, you and I, we like going to, Ruthann's a, a sleuth. Um, she loves figuring out crimes. You've watched every forensic file, Ruthann. You I have cold you, case. Forensic. Co- every cold case, every forensic file, you watch them. And you, in fact, if you try to talk to Ruthann when any one of those shows are on, you probably will get smacked with a flip-flop because Ruth Ann is concentrating, and when someone interrupts her, it just about kills her. Am I right or wrong? I will not deny it. Okay, so um, moving on to this article, this little, and I want to try to start a, little, uh, a series of trucker mysteries, okay? And this is a mystery that happened five years ago. And so... I want to just read a little bit about it. It was about a young lady. Her name was Kamisha Thomas. It says Kamisha Thomas was a 25-year-old trucker working for none other than KLLM. Wow. Yeah, so she was with Clem. And it says uh, Thomas uh, thought of herself as a young, black, gifted woman. This is according to a self-written introduction on her Facebook page. It says she studied business at uh, Alcorn State University in Louisiana, her profile said, before driving a truck for KLLM. Now, here is the details to the event. Now, obviously, it's a mystery. She was found dead. I'm going to just, you know, make a spoiler alert here. I'm going to let you know what happened. She was found dead in her truck um, on, uh, she was at, they found her at the Mardi Gras truck stop in New Orleans on September 12th. This is when they found her in 2018. And the reason that we're talking about it now is because obviously it's unsolved and they've never even uh, put out a cause of death. But here are the details around this. And I thought, Ruthann, um, you'll, you'll definitely be interested in it because you like to hear details and try to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, if anybody out there has information, even if you've witnessed something, contact Talk CDL and we'll get a hold of the we'll get a hold of the authorities for you. Okay. Or you can actually call the New Orleans police and leave a a unanimous tip if you want to. Okay. But here's some of the events that happened. Okay. Number one, she was found dead. We know this on September 12th in 2018 inside of her rig. Her last the last known time that she was alive or anybody had heard from her was on nine, nine of 2018. That was her mother and her name was Joyce. They had talked on the phone, which is really sad because that means it's like you, you're, you're always on the phone with our girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always. And so it sounds like, you know, uh, 
Kamisha had a close family. Her and her mom must have been close because they were talking on the phone, um, which is uh, typical for a mother-daughter. Um, her company, which would have been KLM, they called um, on uh, on that day uh, to, uh, you know, concerned about, uh, it's Karnisha. Is that her name? It's Kar- Karmisha. I'm sorry, I keep pronouncing things wrong. Um, they were concerned and obviously they probably seen, they found it on the Qualcomm. This is probably how they did that. They tracked it with their satellite. Um, it said the truck had been parked for three days in a paid. Now listen, it was parked there for three days. I think she was only supposed to be there overnight, but she was in a paid parking spot. Okay. Um, and it hadn't been paid since day one, I guess. Hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Now. The people from the truck stop um, were the ones that approached the semi. They banged on the truck, and obviously there was no answer. After a short time, um, they checked the doors, but of course the doors were locked. At At that time, they realized that there was an excessive amount of flies. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is what the reports say. I'm just giving you the reports. Right. Okay. Right. Which I would imagine they were inside the truck, most likely. And you probably had them outside, too. Mm-hmm. It said they called the authorities and the fire department came and broke the windows to gain access. Hmm. So obviously they found uh, Carmesia. It says, um, ev- now listen to this. Every article that I, f- I, that I found, I looked, I was really looking everywhere. Every article that I found said, that the report said that she was covered in blood. It said now some articles say that the information came from the fire department, and some articles say that the information had come from truck stop workers. Um, there's never been a, a cause of death listed in five years. Joyce Thomas, which is Carmisha's mother, says she wasn't even allowed to see the body. Wow. Isn't that something? Because mm-hmm. apparently as soon as uh, they found out what happened, they were on their way to Louisiana and they were never allowed to see the bodies. Truck stop workers said they seen her on the phone, you know, days prior, um, calling an Uber. I guess she was trying to go in town. Um, this was a few days prior to when she was found. She was also seen in the truck stop watching football, just sitting there watching football. Um, she had called her mother to say, now here's another, there's always something weird in these unsolved mysteries. Another happening, I guess a few days prior, she had called her mother to report that her phone had been stolen. And another article I seen, it actually said she was pickpocketed. So, supposedly somebody took Carmisha's telephone. So there's, there is the, the entire mystery right there. There really isn't a lot more, any more clues that I could find other than like they said, you know, she had obviously been dead long enough to where, you know, the nature was taking over and, um, supposedly she was found in blood and suppose, and you know, to be honest with you, because at 25, you know, what I mean, like, for example, you know, a young person, sometimes a young person, you know, you see them die in, in, you know, at a hospital or at home because of drug use or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But this was never something that, and besides she was a truck driver. So it doesn't sound like there was any like anything like that happened or because if there was something like that, these, the coroner would have already listed. They wouldn't be able to list it and say, okay, there was an overdose in her. She had drugs in her system, but which was never said. So I'm going to say there's, that's not a case. And they also never said she had a heart attack because they could have listed that. You know, all I'm saying is if it would have been her own fault for the death or a natural fault like a seizure or a heart attack or a stroke or something to that effect, they would have listed that. You know what I mean? That w- right. There would be no holding back. So to me, it has to be foul play. If Especially if she was found in blood. I'm going to say she was murdered. It has to be murder. Would you not agree? Well, yeah, that's why it's considered it's a cold case right now because they haven't been able to find a reason for it to be. And like you said, she, there's, there's 
evidence of a violent crime. So it is considered murder that way. Yeah, well... My- I, I'm just really concerned why the parent wasn't able to see her even when usually they still allow the parent to see them when, you know, it's mainly for identification even to confirm that it is them. But even if they started decaying, it, it, it still takes longer than just a couple of days for, you know, it does break down, but still, I don't know. I guess that just bothers me there. We'll see. Now this is the other thing. Was there, was there mutilation? Okay, because usually when they don't allow someone to see their loved one's body, it's because of maybe gunshot wounds or knife wounds. They cover them with a blanket. Well, I'm just saying, usually they don't allow them to see it for those reasons because of the brutality a lot of times. If it's um, a lot, like, like sometimes they can't even fix a body up to have an open casket. You know what I'm saying? Right. So all I'm saying is I think we can rule out... I think we can rule out suicide, honestly, because, again, the coroner, I'm going to just go back to this for a second. The coroner, and if it wasn't a mystery, you know, suicide, uh, drug use, um, heart attack, natural death, all that is not a cold case, and it's not mystery. No. Okay, so all I'm saying is, you know, if she wasn't allowed to see the body, wouldn't you wouldn't you not think I mean what other reason would there be for uh, a, a police station to say no you're not allowed to see your daughter you know what I mean before she's you know uh, buried or whatever they did I don't even know what did they do with the body mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like what what was it that I, I I can't actually say what that was I can't I mean I it's kind of weird that you know, that she had, if she had her phone and stuff stolen, it wouldn't actually tell her, tell anybody else where she was located though. Like as far as at that truck stop to have something happen to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, see, that was going to be one of my next things to talk about for a second. You know, was she an actual victim of two separate crimes, a stolen phone and murder by two separate people? You know what I mean? Was do you think is it possible? I mean, yes, it is possible that you got your phone stolen and then not too long after that you were murdered. Correct. So what do you think? Do you think it's I mean, it is possible, like I said, you could be you could have your phone stolen by one person and then murdered by another. Yeah, no, of course you can. I mean, she seemed like she had a lot of I want to say bad luck running on her. I mean you said she was pickpocketed or just having her phone stolen. We don't know. There could have been more taken from her. Um, yeah, she could have been robbed. For, well, th- but that wasn't mentioned. No, I'm saying that, you know, you had two different references there. So whatever happened, something was taken from her in that way. And it was definitely was part of her phone. She was viewed multiple times by employees of the truck stop watching TV, using the phone, that kind of stuff that, you know, I, I I wonder why, like, did, I, I don't remember, did you say all of that happened in one day? Because you said that she paid for... She, she was there for three days, and that was going to be the next thing I, I asked, like you were about to say. Okay, why wouldn't the truck stop employees be concerned about a truck parked in the paid spot that didn't pay? Exactly, and you said that she didn't pay for the first night, and usually... Yeah, I could be wrong. Well, I didn't say she didn't pay. I, I I didn't say she didn't pay for the first night. I think she did pay for the first night. Obviously, then she was probably going to be on her way. But or or I don't know if she did pay for the first night. I can't even say that. But what I'm getting at though is, if you what about? And again, I'm not accusing people, but the the guy is is there a guy that's in charge of checking on that? And wink, wink. You know what I mean? Could could that be the murderer? You know what I'm saying? Everybody's a suspect. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you have to. The guy that the guy that is at the truck stop, right? That failed to check on a truck in the paid spot for three days. You have to wonder why. Right. Why, why didn't you check a semi truck? Because you would have been made to. That's the rule. 
Well, you know, what's really weird is most drivers out there right now are probably saying, yeah, when I'm parked somewhere, if I'm not out by a certain time, they're knocking on my door telling me to get going, you know, that kind of situation. Why at this particular part, you know, would they have not done the same thing to where, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's nine, it's 10. Okay. Now it's lunchtime. She hasn't, you know, that truck has not moved. Let's go see what they're doing and, and get them out here because I haven't even seen her in here since yesterday or whatever the case might have been. That could have definitely made a huge difference in solving the crime that I had committed because evidence could have been more fresh to where it could have been taken care of or she could have still been alive. And then the last question I have is why no cause of death listed? And, and I have to ask, I have to say five years ago, I can understand... If you're trying not to, if there's something that's unique about it, that you didn't want to chase somebody away, okay, and you're trying to catch them, because a lot of times they don't want to give out certain information. True. But after five years, you would think that they would go, okay, we need to, we need help from the public. Here, let me let us give you more clues that we never told you about. You know what I'm saying? So personally, one of the things that I would do. Uh, and just putting on my my detective ears. Number one, they should have at least got the um, the cell phone record from whoever the carrier is, if they even did that. You know that's where her cell phone was stolen, and maybe even pinged pinged it. And then, even though you might not be able to catch the guy by going, okay, we see where the phone went, but you could see if he made phone calls on it to different people and now you got other people that he's linked to and now you go and you question okay all these people who they know that might have been on a phone blah 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 and you know you, you might question five people that he called and and one name links everybody together on some guy and now you caught the guy at least that stole her phone you see what i'm saying like if like let's say for example she was uh, with AT&T and some guy had stolen her phone. And, and now, you know, a week later after you discovered this poor woman's death, right, you go to AT&T and you see that her phone, after it was stolen, made phone calls to certain people, a lot of certain people, at certain times. And then what you do is you go and you question these people and maybe you get a name. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, this is the, uh, Billy Bob called me or whatever the case is. You know what I'm saying? So now you have at least a name of a possible phone theft guy, which also could be the also the perpetrator that killed her, if it is indeed murder. Does that make sense? You know this this killer that they just caught, the Gilgo serial killer up in Long Island? Yeah. This is the one of the ways they caught him. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying with the yeah. pinging of that. I just know when a lot of times when people's cell phones get stolen, they um they they do this this cell break where it's very hard to to um find out exactly where it's at right away. Like they'll turn it off and then they can't do anything. It's it's really weird the way they do it. But that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is what if they didn't do the cell phone break? The bottom line is they should have at least checked. Yeah, they might have done that. I don't know. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you check the cell phone records, okay, maybe this guy did make phone calls before he sell, you know, broke the phone or did whatever he was going to do with it or sold it or got rid of it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can at least find a name is all I'm saying. No, you're right. So the other thing is, you know, I would... I would be like wondering why, why wasn't anybody checking on the truck after three days that didn't pay? That actually is more of the concern for me than any of the other details. I mean, when a tractor sitting in your parking lot, you see the person for the first day and you don't see anybody there, that, that would be more of the concern of why that, you know, I would definitely be investigating the rest of that portion of it, of, of the employees of the truck stop. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so what we're, what we're wanting is we want everybody to, to know about this case. All you sleuthers out there, Ruthann, you know, put on your sleuth hats and, 
you know, try to help the, the Thomases, you know, obviously we all want justice for anybody that was killed. And obviously something is suspicious about this whole deal. If they didn't put a cause of death. Now I'm not saying she was definitely murdered, but I'm telling you that, um, it's, if, if she was found in blood and there's no cause of death li- listed, then everybody's pretty concerned. And I'm telling you, everybody's thinking the same way that somebody actually killed this poor girl. Do you have her name again and maybe some information that they can go to to get? I mean, if you just look up Carmesha, K-A-R-M-E-S-C, I'm sorry, K-A-R-M-E-S-H-I-A Thomas, 25-year-old uh, female trucker, drove for KLLM and was found dead at the Mardi Gras truck stop in 2018. I guarantee you'll find all kind of articles on it. And start investigating and find out. Help find out. You Go know? for it, drivers. I'm sure someone had to be in that area at some point. They might even have recognized seeing her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, drivers. And uh, let's see what we can do together. Um, let's do this thing. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, Ruth Ann, I've got a, a, um, a list. I was just playing around and I found... Um, a bunch of blogs and stuff. And these are really right from drivers. And, and to be honest with you, I agree with their list. Um, it's a list of shippers and receivers that are either really good or really bad. Okay. And I have a couple of the good ones. I just took a, a few uh, names, uh, not names, but uh, blogs, postings. And I've got uh, two places I just want to point out. Uh, this one trucker wrote about a, uh, a warehouse called John uh, Manville and uh, the one in Chico, California, he was talking about, he said, they're the fastest loaders I've ever seen. He said, I've been there four times and every time they have loaded my trailer at lightning speeds. Last time I was there, I bumped the dock, immediately went off duty. My trailer was loaded and the guy came out to my truck with paperwork in 14 minutes. He said, I wish every shipper was like that. Wow. Um, he, it says, my wife and I loaded, another another trucker wrote, um, my wife and I loaded at the John Manville in North Carolina or South Carolina, he couldn't remember. He said, they were lightning fast there too. He said, a full trailer loaded in, 20, in about 20 minutes. Total time on property was about 45 minutes. So, you know, Kudos and thumbs up to John Manville uh, uh, and their warehousing. They seem to really get truckers in and out, according to a couple posts. What a way to set an example, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly and truly, what a way. Um, uh, the other one was Kellogg's. Kellogg's in Kansas City. Uh, one driver wrote, one of their yard guys. Now, this is also uh, one that went kind of above and beyond what they have to do. Because a lot of times you can't get these people to help you, you know what I mean. But it said one of their uh, one of their yard guys pulled a trailer out of a tight spot, I guess, for him, and left it in a great spot. Um, if it didn't need work before I could leave, I guess it needed work. Uh, it, and it's and the uh, driver writes the yard guy then moved another trailer to make room for the mechanic who came out and worked on it for an hour. He said, I'm buying more of their cereal after this. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, these are good, good shippers and receivers. And, and let's be honest, it's, it's normally the people, obviously. But, you know, if, if you've got two John Manville, one in, in North Carolina and one in California, and, and truckers all say, no, these, these guys are good. I would say it sounds like it's almost like, you know, when we go to Chick-fil-A, what does everybody say to you when you pull in line? How may I help you? Or how may I serve you? Don't they say that? I don't know. Yeah, they say, how may I serve you? And they're very courteous, and they just, they're very good people, most Chick-fil-A's. So it sounds like, you know, like Chick-fil-A, John Manville Warehouses are probably, their employees are probably told in training, we're courteous to truck drivers, we take care of them, and we don't want a bad reputation. Anyways, Ruthann, bad shippers and receivers. It's no surprise that most of them are going to be found in the cold storage industry, refrigerated trailers. Here's uh, um, uh, one Bush Warehouse uh, driver wrote, I'm thinking I could be approaching it 
I've been sitting in Jacksonville, Florida at the Bush warehouse waiting on my load for 27 hours. Wow. He said, my dispatcher thinks it's fine and just tells me to hang on there, hang in there. Um, there are several other fully loaded prime trailers. So it's a prime, he's a prime driver. He says, they're all around me, but they are not mine. He says, I'm told. He's not sure if I'll get detention or not. Maybe, he says. What's your longest wait, he asks, not including extreme weather events. So basically what, what the driver is asking everybody in this blog is, we understand like there's sometimes extreme weather to, to get everybody held up, mm -hmm. but this is just on a regular day, okay? Here's another driver that writes, Bad Warehouse, Anheuser-Busch out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, was there 36 hours for a drop and hook. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not, not to get loaded, just to pick up a trailer. Um, now, in the article... That, it, their company actually should be upset about the fact that they had to wait them that long. Yeah, I don't think they do, though, because I've seen managers. They're all kind of rude at, the, at a lot of these cold storage places. Um, here's an article. It says, long wait times often make grocery retailers and distributors a delivery headache for truck drivers, according to a survey um, by Zipline Logistics. It says, uh, among more than 150 carriers of food, beverages, and consumer goods polled, Truckers named companies such as Kroger, Target, Walmart, CNS Wholesale Groceries, and United Natural Foods, UNFI, as receivers and shippers where they can get held up for hours. And I have to agree with them, Ruth, and I've been held up at CNS warehouses, especially up in Connecticut. Man, mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, it said other retailers and wholesalers cited comments by truckers for excess loading and unloading times and other shipping issues included our other shippers included super value been hung up there a billion times dollar general you ready for the next one right then wake fern hmm. so surprise yeah i've been i mean wake fern i couldn't believe i used to go in there and i used to get in and out pretty good but i used to i remember the over the road truckers they were there for days. It was just terrible. Just sitting mm -hmm. there, sleeping, waiting. Aldi's, Safeway, Amazon, and ready for my favorite, Myers. I've been held up at Myers, um, as well as manufacturers, Pepsi and Coca-Cola and Kraft. And I've been held up at Kraft. I've been held up at Kraft for one skid. I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I used to do a lot of LTL and down in Allentown. And I remember going in... Going into craft, and what really sucked is, you know, I would back in the door, and then I'd walk into the warehouse, and it seemed like you did nobody was even pulling, pulling anything out or putting anything in a trailer. I'd be literally walking around for ten minutes looking for somebody, and then finally you'd find somebody on a forklift, and you go, "Hey, man, is there any way you can, you know, go ahead and and count, you know, count this skid I have for you? It's one pallet." And the guy'd be like, "Yeah, I'll be down in a little bit," and and. Literally 15, 20 minutes would go by, a half hour would go by for one pallet of like maybe, and it was their returns, dog food or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, it says, according to long haul established rules, drivers can be on duty for 14 hours a day, including stops for fuel, food, and time at shippers slash receivers. And drive time cannot exceed 11 hours, which includes break, which puts it really at 10, 10 and a half hours that you're allowed to drive. It says, so the ability to wait for a truck to be unloaded uh, or for a driver to sit in a dock for more than two hours uh, now that ELDs are live is greatly diminished. Um, drivers are not wanting to wait. And so, you know, you got you to gotta really think about that, you know. Um, this is why when you talk to a lot of truck drivers, Ruthann, and the word reefer comes up, a lot of them are like, 
hell with that. I don't want anything to do with reefer of, of waiting three o'clock in the morning deliveries. That's the downfall of the reefer. You got to deliver sometimes at one, two, three o'clock in the morning. You got the wait times. I, I sat at a, at a, um, uh, Americold. You remember Americold? Mm-hmm. I sat at the Americold down in, uh, outside of Allentown in some little town. And, uh, I remember, I'll never forget sitting there talking to some CR England drivers that had been there two, three days just waiting. That's what I'm saying. You would think that the company would tell this this receiver, hey, listen, you're paying us bucos of money for my driver sitting there. You you know, we had a deadline. If it was, I always get irritated when people look at one thing being, um, oh, that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. But then if it was on them, like if anything was ever reversed, it's, they wouldn't accept that, you know? So these places have to treat the same respect to the drivers and, and the people that are picking up their, their stuff just as much as they would if they were, you know, returning like the, it's, it's, it's a two way street, you know? You know, I don't know the logistics of the freight once it's received at a warehouse, you know, how they tag it and store it to be shipped out. You know, a lot of them, when they get a truckload of, 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 you know, freight, you know, a a lot of these distributors, like for example, CNS and Cisco, they have little delivery trucks. Okay. Myers and those little delivery trucks are going to go out to multiple, multiple little stores with like, like you may bring in 24 skids and you know, those 24 skids might turn into a hundred to 200 deliveries. Okay. All over that particular city. So I don't know if they're bringing it in and then they're they're. I don't know what the case is, but here's what I want to say. If you're out there and you've got an idea, okay, you have an idea for, you have an idea for, um, a, uh, um, a way for these shippers and receivers to make, you know, a better uh, time for these cold storage houses. You could probably make a billion dollars. If you can solve this, because Mm -hmm. out of all shippers and receivers, this is one of the issues that we have in trucking is in your cold storage and in the food industry. For some reason, food warehouses are either that backed up or they really don't have a, a good system and a, and a good knowledge of, of being organized and to meet the scheduled times that a trucker comes in. Cause there's so many, there's, there's more problems than less problems in that industry, that part of the trucking industry, Ruthann, to where, um, they, they, they are held up. They have to wait. And here's the, 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 the issue that I wanted to, to point out, you know, you guys are busy playing patty cakes or whatever the hell you're doing at these cold storage houses or you don't know what you're doing or whatever the case is but a truck driver that sits there for so many hours he's getting maybe 15 20 an hour to wait okay but he's losing hours all right he's losing hours and the other thing is if if you hold him up to where he has to lay over for a day what does a trucker get a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars for a, a day of layover. That's like literally. It's nothing. No, he 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 makes almost double that in a day. A truck driver makes, you know, double that kind of money, and therefore, when you hold him up, one or if you hold up truckers every day, and you're one of these cold storage warehouses that's holding people up, you're hurting the working man. You are. You should be ashamed of yourself that you have your thumbs up. Your Gazzoni, and you don't know what the hell to do to get to get your own warehouse in or you know organized and more efficient. So if anybody's listening that has an idea, and I mean it, to go in a consultant to be able to go into one of these warehouses and get them straightened out, you probably could make a billion dollars because that's a billion dollar problem, Ruthann. Gazzonis, yeah, the Gazzoni, you know. Okay. No, I agree with you. If someone could figure out a better way to do this, because what's going to end up happening is if the drivers don't want to transport that particular freight, there will not be food being transported to the stores for them. So. Yeah, I, I'm just saying somebody could make probably 
a good dollar if they can figure it out. And I'm not the guy to do that. I'm not an organized guy, but yeah, no, that's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, bottom line, guys, you know, somehow, some way you guys got to get this problem solved because you're really hurting the, the American trucker. You really are. You're holding them up. Um, you know, if you're a reefer hauler and, and you get held up every week somewhere in a year's time, that adds up to a lot of money lost yeah. just collecting a damn layover. And that's if the driver's even getting paid layover. A lot of the a lot of companies try to find ways not to pay uh, truck drivers layovers. That's another thing. If you go to a trucking company and it's a reefer hauler, make sure that you check them out and make sure that they are actually paying layover and detention time. Because if they're one of those companies that finds ways to jip you on that, I wouldn't even drive for those companies. Ruth Ann, moving on. I'm that's, that's my podcast Moving for the week. On. Yes. What do you got? What do you got for the, you got the word of the day for us? I got a couple of things. Um, one of them is I'm sure everybody knows that JB Hunt has bought and acquired BNSF Logistics, which is a broker business. They need them. Yeah. Well, you know what I heard or what I read, I should say. And not that I'm going to go through the whole thing of, of, of explaining this whole buyout. I mean, anybody can go in there and read it if they want to. But what was very interesting is I'm going to quote what the J.B. Hunt president, Shelley Simpson, said. She says, quote, coming out that she believes that the trucking industry may now be coming out of the freight recession, adding that customers are cautiously optimistic about the rest of the year. Well, I would say, what's her name? Shelley what? Simpson. Shelley, this is Troy from Talk CDL, and I've got a message for you. You're welcome. <laughs> now, Ruthann, how long have I been telling everybody we're starting to slowly come out? It's it's happening. It is. Most people couldn't see it. Everybody's whining. And I always tell everybody the trucking industry is the first to see the bad times and the first to see the good. So obviously Shelly listens to Talk CDL and she's basically... So smart. She's a smart woman. You're quoting Shelly, but Shelly quoted me. So I'm just saying, yes, you're welcome, Shelly, for that information. And I'm glad that you're, you're getting the glory, but I'm just telling you that I said it first. All right. We are getting more. There's more freight. You could see numbers going up. And, you know, Lord willing, we're going to have a turnaround, hopefully by spring. It's not, we're not all the way out of the woods, but obviously we're getting out of the woods. The, the trees are getting thinner. Go ahead. Next, I'd like to say, usually I've been, I've been going and saying, you know, pointing out a heroic thing that a driver had done. Well, I'm going to kind of reverse it this week because there was someone that was heroic for a driver. Wow. What do you got? Um, Lieutenant Corey Brooks from uh, North, North Carolina, I believe. He's a police officer. He watched the um, tractor and trailer that a driver was driving. He worked for XPO, and he was driving down the particular road. I can't hit the one part of it because it's going to start going off on this video, but you can go on TikTok and look at them. There's tons of videos he literally, he seen the driver go across him and slam into the median and into the cement wall coming from this, this underbridge. And he's like, oh, wow, that's going to, you know, that's going to, ha- something's going to happen there. And he jumped out. And as soon as he started running over, he's seen from the trailer going across the cement, it set sparks off. So the fuel started leaking, I guess, from where it had hit the cement. And he could see the fire starting to go towards the fuel tanks. So he opened up the, the door and he said, hey, driver, you need to get out now. Notice that the driver's head was slumped over. He wasn't responding to him. So he got him out of his, his seatbelt, pulled him out of the truck. Another driver stopped to help him carry this driver away from the truck. And all of a sudden, boom, the truck explodes. Wow. Yes. Like in a movie scene. Exactly. And, and was who was the guy that rescued him? A cop, you said? A cop. Yep. A police officer from the driver was from Salisbury, New York. Okay. He's from, it was like North Carolina, I think is where, where it happened. Okay. Well, I mean, that's really, um, like you said, heroic of the cop, especially, you know, honestly to, to see fuel catching on fire and going towards a truck to, you know, some people would turn and run and, but this police officer, this, I'm sorry, trooper, you said it was a state trooper. No, it was, he's a regular police officer, North Carolina police officer. Okay. So North Carolina police officer ran towards the danger mm-hmm. and you know got the driver out and with the help of another driver um it sounds like yeah yeah he was um his name is lieutenant Corey brooks and you can pull it up there basically the police released the the body cam of the driver of the police officer so you could actually see 
when he's running up to the truck, you actually see the the stream of of fire, the stream of, of lit gas, lit fuel going up to that tractor. You can actually see the whole thing. And what's the cop's name? Lieutenant Corey Brooks. So, uh, Talk City, I'll salute you, Lieutenant Corey Brook. Brooks. And uh, good job, by the way. Good job. Ruthann, moving on. You got the word of the day? I do. What is it? What do you got for us today? Is it a good one? I actually... And this is by um, Word Genius. Right. I when, I when I seen this, I thought I knew what this word meant. And it actually showed me that I did not. Okay. What's the word? Demur. Say it again. Demur. Demur? Demur. D-E-M-U-R. Demur. Huh. And what does demur mean? Because I wouldn't even guess at that one. It means raised, raised doubts or objections or show reluctance. If, um, if you look at it as a law, it's to put forward a demurrer. So, um... You're, it's basically, it's, it's what, if you're in a, what they're saying with the law, if you're in a court or anything like that, you're supposed to raise doubts to people that this crime happened the way it happened, that type of situation. I always thought, which I could be wrong, but I always thought it was being more, um, not humble, but like, like making yourself look little. Read it, read it in a sentence. This is an open forum. Please demur if you don't agree. If you don't agree with the charge, your lawyer can demur. Interesting. Okay. Well, hey, listen, we're getting smarter every time you read something to us. I definitely did. Wow. That's amazing. Ruthann, we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.